Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club. I'm your host, Caitlin McCluskey, and today I am joined by my brother, Cameron McCluskey. Hello, everyone. Hi, Cameron. So you've uh, you've done this before. Oh, yeah, I know my way around it. So this... <laughs> I know all the tricks. <laughs> so Cam and I just lounged up on the couch, hanging out. Um, for this episode, I'm drinking my favorite tea, which is called Christmas tea. You can buy it at the Mercantile. There you go. Store. I don't know actually where it comes from, but they sell it in bags, and it's amazing. <sighs> okay. So... Today we are doing a short story, and it is a P.D. James story, which I just did a uh, the Box Boxdale Inheritance, I think is what it was called. And in that episode, I said that P.D. James was a contemporary to Agatha Christie, which is totally not true at all. I don't know. I must have mixed her up with someone else. But she, this this book is from 2016. So she's a contemporary to me. <laughs> just a couple years off. Yeah, just some, just just a century off. Uh, hardly. Not a big deal. Anyways, still, I really like her her stories. You think you'd be able to tell based on the content of the stories when they were from? No. You would think. <laughs> I I think I, I in the back of my mind I knew that it was more recent than 1930, but I just I. I tuned it out. I just wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. So today we are doing, as I said, a P.D. James book. The It's a short story collection called The Mistletoe Murders. And we are doing the the last short story in this, this book, which is called The Twelve Clues of Christmas. It's themed. So it's themed. And I, I from now until Christmas, I'm doing Christmas themed stories. There you go. Because there's a good number of them. And it's fun. I like it. I like theming things. No, who doesn't? So, some more things I learned about P.D. James is her, one of her main, I think she has two, two types of stories, like two detectives, kind of. So, so like, Agatha Christie is her Gilfora, Agatha Christie, Cuppins, Cuppins, whatever, whatever. Um, one of hers is Adam Dalgliesh. So, in the last story I did, I mentioned him, and I, I don't think I, re- I had never read a P.D. James story before. So, to me, it was like, ah, this, he's a police officer in England and I just was like, oh, throwaway character. No, he's he's the main detective. He appears right. in all the It's like in the Inferno book by uh, Dan Brown, I think. Yeah. The one character from that is apparently his character in all the books. Yeah. But if you've only read the one, <laughs> you don't know. how are you supposed to know? <sighs> so exactly. So Adam Dalgliesh. Also I have no idea if I'm pronouncing his name right. It's spelled D A L G L I E S H. Yeah, it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, go read the book and then tell me that I'm wrong. Anywho, so let's get started. So Adam Dogliesh is driving to his aunt's house for Christmas dinner. It's Christmas Eve. It's like 4 p.m., whatever. And someone on his drive jumps out kind of in front of his car, like flagging him down, trying to get a car. And so he's, he's thinking in his head, like, this only happens in, like, you know, mystery stories that you read. And, you know, the reader laughs and goes, <laughs> I am, type thing. Cameron didn't laugh as hard as oh, I sorry. hoped no, he was. sorry. That was very funny. Yeah, meta. I love that. Anyways, 
The man ends up saying that his uncle has committed suicide. He's from Harkerville Hall, which is the name of the house, because they don't really, you don't have an address. You, your house is called something. No, of course. Yeah. If your house doesn't have a name, what are you from? I, who knows? The 1930s? Well, to 2016. Apparently. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a big enough house, maybe. It's like imposing. Ah, uh, whatever. Moving on. Not important. He said, so his uncle's committed suicide and needs to call. He wants to call the police and let them know. And Adam Adam's first thought, or Douglas's first thought is like, you know he's dead. Is it really that urgent? Like... You're not you're not calling the doctor to come rest save him like he's it's Christmas Eve. It couldn't wait a little bit like calm down. But anyways, agrees to drive him to the closest telephone box. So it can't be it can't be 2016 in this story. The telephone box. Yeah, and there's no they don't have cell phones, or cell phones aren't common. <laughs> so it's said in the past, obviously. And the reason they couldn't telephone from their own house is that it was, the phone was like prone to go out. So it wasn't like a good connection. Maybe it was satellite. Maybe. Maybe. Sorry. It's only like a mile off the main road, though, so it doesn't seem like it's that in the huh. middle of nowhere. Huh. But you know what? Benefit of the doubt. You, Who you, knows? Whatever. It goes out. But that's, that's the deal. And so he's he's gone out. And so he gets to his telephone box, calls the police. And then Adam, you know, he was on his way to his aunt's house for Christmas Eve dinner. He kind of wants to keep going, but he also recognizes that he's a police officer and he realistically has to go check on this man like he's he's he drives this this guy home and he realizes he has to go see the guy who committed suicide and like kind of check things out and just wait for the other police to arrive like he kind of was like oh fine i'll do it right so a little more information the man that had flagged him down is named helmet hackerville great name no sorry helmet harkerville 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 so it's he's from harkerville harkerville hall his last name is okay so it's his uncle that committed suicide, owner of the Harkerville house, Harkerville Hall house. Mm-hmm. He's the owner. And he had a ride for Christmas, as they as he did every year, with his two siblings, sister and his brother. And so I think his, his sister's name is Gertrude, his brother's name is Carl. He says his wife normally came, but she just wasn't feeling up to it this year. So she's away. And he says that his uncle had instructed him to advertise for um, a cook because their their uh, his regular cook and uh, maid had gone to their own respective houses for Christmas Naturally. Christmas dinner so they've advertised and brought this woman Mrs Dagworth so Adam gets into this house and it's they kind of it's like described as like an abomination of architecture like so ugly like no one wants to live near this thing because it's so terrible to look at. Hmm. Uh, and so it's, I can't describe it because the way they did it, has like turrets and like a dome in the center. I don't know. It doesn't, honestly, the way they describe it, they're like, and it has all these bay windows. You're like, are bay windows that bad? Like people don't like those? Okay. Or it has like a, it has a front porch. I don't know. The description was confusing. I'm, (laughs) I'm not sure if you wouldn't want it, but apparently it's a terrible house. And so you get in and it's super, what'd you say? Like it has like a draft? Super drafty. And it's cold and windy and stuff? Like, within the house, like, you go in there and, and the, the fireplace is too small to really actually heat up the room. Nice. Or things like that. So just, like, eternally cold. feels cold. cold. Yeah. And it's a big house. It's just whatever. And it's dark. Like, it doesn't get, like, whatever the lights, they blah, blah, blah. It doesn't have good lighting. A stereotypical haunted mansion. Exactly. Okay. So, basically, 
Adam is immediately brought up to the bedroom where this where this man is, and his the description of what he looks like is pretty, like you can you can picture it because there's just so much going on. So he's in his he's in his pajamas and he's got like a sprig of dry holly in the the um, buttonhole or whatever like pocket buttonhole. I don't know that you'd have on if you had like fancy pajamas. You know, like <laughs> no, you know those ones that are like button down pajamas, right? Okay, so it's like fancy, fancy pajamas with the holly in the in the breast pocket. The breast pocket, they're super prickly, and it's uh, the eyes are tightly closed. There, there's the gaping mouth on the on this person, the body, and it looks like it's stuffed with Christmas pudding, which is like a it's like, for us, you know, non Christmas pudding eaters, it's like cake kind of. Wouldn't it be like like raisin pudding or whatever. It's not, it's not pudding, it's like pudding as in, if you use the word pudding to say dessert, which they do in England, I'm pretty sure. So it's, it's just a dessert? It's, it's specific. So it's right. like, uh, here's me describing it not knowing what Christmas pudding is. I, my interpretation has always been, it's like a cake, like full of dried fruit and like right. soaked in, in like liquid. Yeah. Yeah. We have that, I think, don't we? Yeah, I think we do, but I don't like it, so I don't know what it right, really is. Right, fair enough. I think it's like meat puddings though too. Okay, that's getting off topic. We, Cameron, we I can't even. Blood puddings, I, think, I swear. Yes. Okay. Maybe I. What do I know? I let's not get into that because that's that's too far off subject of things we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> At least this is in the story, right? And we don't know what we're talking about. It's Christmas pudding. So it's Christmas pudding stuffed in his mouth, uh, and his nails are long and gummed with hair ointment and. He's got a red, one of those red paper crowns that you get in the Christmas right. crackers on his head. And uh, on the bedside table, there's a, a lamp, an empty bottle of whiskey, a labeled pill bottle, also empty, and a tin containing an obnoxious smelling ointment labeled Parkerville's Hair Restorer. There's the, there's the ointment. And a small thermos flask. The Christmas cracker, which had been pulled, and the Christmas pudding still in its basin, but with a lump gouged out of the top. Hmm. So I've I've just read that because it's that's like the it, right. That's very know, important. It's a crime scene. Well, it's a crime scene, but also you, like you get that impression of like, oh, this is what it looks like. like it's right. very descriptive yeah. of evocative. Kind of weird. Like this, this is the crime scene. This is how he killed himself. And then also he's left a suicide note. So that's why the guy was like, yeah, suicide. And so um, the note read, I've been planning this for some time. And if you don't like it, you can put up with it. This, thank God, will be my last family Christmas. No more of Gertrude's stodgy Christmas pudding overcooked turkey. No more ridiculous paper hats. No more holly indiscriminately stuck around the house. No more of your repellently ugly faces and mind-numbing company. I'm entitled to some peace and happiness. I'm going where I can get it, and my darling will be waiting for me. Oh. So, kind of, they're kind of going like, he was, you know, he he's all, he's always been kind of a joker, but I never thought he was this, you know, he has been mean. We didn't think he'd be this mean. So, there's, they're kind of <laughs> surprised, but also not surprised, like right. a little bit of both, right? Right. And then, so it's like, okay, who found him dead? And it turns out the door had been locked from, I think, the inside. So they had actually climbed up a ladder in. in. So Helmet had been the one who had technically discovered the body, but they were all trying to get in at the same time. 
So what had happened was they had seen him. He he was he you know very typical in his habits. He always brought a thermos of hot coffee to bed with him that he'd drink in the morning with um Smart. a dollop of whiskey or something. Of course, that's what he maybe not breakfast, but that was like his morning drink. And so it wasn't unusual for him to maybe be up early, but not to be up in the house. So at breakfast time, when he hadn't come down for breakfast, Mrs. Dagworth had gone to check on him and found the door locked. And I think she had called in to him, but he had he had said, like, don't bother me. I'm not coming down. And then the same thing at lunch. He hadn't come down. And I think sometime after that, in the afternoon, they started getting more worried because they couldn't get his attention. Mrs. Dagworth at this point is complaining about how this is ridiculous. She hadn't been employed uh, to, to be present for suicide. She'd been hired to cook. She was going to take get home as soon as possible or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I mm-hmm. think... Helmet says to her, well, the last bus to London already left, so you're stuck here until Boxing Day. Why don't you make us some tea? <laughs> Go down to the kitchen. And I think the the other yeah. idea is that the kitchen is the only room that's warm in the house because it's got a proper right. stove or whatever going. Right. So I think she gets out, she gets out the tin of tea and um, Gertrude offers Christmas cake, but they turn that down and uh, Mrs. Dagworth gets out a, a tin of biscuits that are like uh, stale. Stale. No, just they're like let's have something to. Right. That's not. They're like we can't eat where while our uncle is lying upstairs dead. I don't know. You can't have Christmas cake. See, friggin' killed himself. Well, it's a different like. Di- that was Christmas pudding. This is Christmas cake. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Cameron, they're very different sorry, things. So how could somehow. you not know. understand the difference between pudding and cake? God, I know. I'm just not telling you. I see. Awkward. Well, one has little bits of fruit in it, doesn't it? Uh, so you think Christmas cake has no fruit? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> the blind leading the blind. So they all, this is, they're kind of talking about, yeah, the last time they had seen him was around, I think, at nine o'clock. He had gone to bed after the news on the radio. And Mrs. Dagworth is, uh, you know, says she, she had called for him for breakfast and she'd heard him pull the Christmas crackers. She knows he was alive around nine, which is was uh, breakfast. And I think Dagliash says he must have been standing close to the door for you to have heard him because it's it's solid wood. Then so she gets a little flushed and says, "I know what I heard. Like I heard what I heard." So he Adam says Adam Dagliash says he's gonna go up and like guard the body. And luckily, no one presses him on it because he's like that's a dumb excuse. Like it's a fucking dead body. What's there to guard? But the reason he wants to go up there is to investigate further. Because he's looking at all of this going, like, something feels suspicious. Right. He's not... Cameron, would you believe he thinks this could be not suicide? This murder mystery story? Now, hold on a moment. That doesn't make any sense. It's like a cut and dry suicide. <laughs> so you're you're not suspicious at all right now? Well, I mean, only because of the context. Okay. I feel you. You know? It's got all the resemblance with suicide so so now Daglish is kind of getting is giving a more rigorous description of the crime scene so we've gotten kind of like the base level what you can see right away so he looks at the body and sees that uh the the man had apparently he had applied this hair grease like liberally before going to bed he could see though there was like a a glop of the Christmas pudding in, in his cl- his hands were clenched but he could see the glop of it in the palm and 
He says rigor mortis was just beginning in the upper part of the body. Then he starts to examine the, the suicide note. And as he turns it over, he sees that it's the back of the paper is lightly brown, as if it's been like burned, maybe. Mm. And then he goes over to the fire grates and sees that someone's been burning papers. And there was a, it still had heat to it when he kind of like puts his hand close by it. And he sees that there's a small little piece of cardboard with like a unicorn's head horn on it. And there's a scrap of a letter that says, it, it's not the full letter, it's just one one phrase, 800 pounds, not unreasonable considering. Hmm. Any thoughts on that? 800 pounds. You think it's an assassin? <laughs> no. 800 pounds. I don't know what he's paying for. Mm-hmm. I know it is confusing. It's not. It's not very much to go off of. So he also goes into. There was a desk in the off in the in the bedroom, and it's it's unlocked, and there's nothing in it. It's like completely empty. Hmm. So he finds that a little weird. So then Adam decides to take a look into some of the adjoining rooms, and so he goes first. Uh, let's say to the right, and it's the room occupied by Mrs. Dagworth, and he finds it's like super unfurnished, like clearly don't care about, you know, nothing but a bed, right? Like, it's, right. it's just got what you need and nothing else. And her her suitcase is lying unopened on the bed. She's got a hard pillow. And then he goes into another room. It's just as small, but clearly, like, a little more uh, decorated. And it's this is the maid's room, Mavis. And so, you know, she's got posters of film stars in the room. But he finds that the uh, the... Uh, the wardrobe is empty, and there's, like, half-used makeup jars and old clothes that have been discarded in the waste paper basket. So then he goes back to the bedroom and waits for the actual, like, the police of this county to arrive. Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions so far? So the people who were in the house were the maid, the cook, and the two nephews? The nephew and the niece? So we have the two nephews and the niece. Two nephews. Two brothers and a sister. Sure. The cook that they brought in. Normally in the house, there would have been the cook and the maid, but they've both gone home to right. their, their families. I see. So it's just the maid's room. Yeah, just the maid's room. I see. Yeah. All right. Keep going. Might as well. So so the this new police officer gets here, and he kind of says, well, cut and dry, suicide. And Daglish kind of tries to point out to him, like, dude, what about this stuff? What about this stuff? And the this police officer goes to him, he's like, listen... You're, you don't know the local perspective on this guy. His, his father, or his grandfather, something along those lines, uh, he went out, he committed suicide in similar, similar similarly creative fashion in that he strapped a bunch of fireworks to himself and ran into the Guy Fox bonfire. That's, that would be painful. Yeah. But it, so they say he literally went out with a bang. There you go. So there, and so that was ridiculous. And so he's kind of like, the they have a history of not wanting to have a natural death. So this does not surprise me, kind of not shocking at all. And so I think he does say that he'll call in the, he'll call in the local CID. I don't know what that means, but it's, my, I guess, like the Crime next... investigation department. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. It honestly might be. But he, he's like, I think it's like just the next level. Right. Right? So he's like, he agrees to that. And so Adam Daglash feels like, okay, good enough, I'll go home. So not not a moment after Daglash has gotten home. Home? 
I'm sorry, you're right. Has yeah. gotten to his aunt's, unpacked his suitcase, had a bath, and is sat down at the fire with his first drink. Does Inspector Peck knock on the door Hello. and say, I've heard you're a good sergeant down in London. You're coming with me. Nope. No ifs, ands, or buts. You're coming back to the crime scene. And he basically, he basically tells him, I want you to tell me what you've noticed of this crime scene. Like, let's right. walk through it. And so this is where Todd Leash is kind of going to tell the 12 clues of Christmas, is what he's calling them. And Inspector Peck Thanks, goes, lady. you'll never get promoted talking that fancy language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Todd Leash does it anyway. So, Cameron, one, do you think you know what happened? And two, would you like to guess at any of the clues? I don't know if I gave you enough info to guess all of them, but you could maybe guess some of them if you'd like. But first, what do you think happened in this quote-unquote suicide? Um, I have zero perspective on motives. Obviously, the Miss Douglas is suspicious in that she said she had the firecracker, but she couldn't have. And mm -hmm. also, she's the last one to report him alive by hearing him, so she probably made that up. Going off of you know just mystery tropes, yeah. she probably made that up and actually killed him way earlier than that. Ah, so she's looking real sus. And we're supposed to know what the rigor mortis setting in means that X hours <laughs> before that he died. So okay, yeah. Uh, but I don't really know otherwise. So she 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 either killed him or she is lying about a lot of things. Yeah, she's covering something up. Which okay. So you have you know you know that, but you don't know why she'd want him dead. No. I mean, she's just been hired, no? Yeah. From London? Presumably. I think they put an ad in the paper. So she has basically zero relationship with him. Yeah. So that's, uh, why would she kill him? She's just, uh... London. Maybe she got 800 pounds for it, right? Uh, someone paid her. So someone else wanted him out of the way and got her to do it. Could be. Right. Okay, what do you think some of the, the 12 clues could be that he's looking at? Um, I don't know, the, the 800 pounds thing, the rigor mortis, the, I don't know, cracker, the... They don't explain how he died. Did he die from pills? Probably. I think there's, there's the idea... You're right, they don't ever say it. I'm going to tell you, I don't think they really say it in the solution. But I think the idea is an overdose of pills. Probably. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Why don't I, I'll start slowly giving you the clues. Sure. And we can, you can theorize on what that could possibly add as we go. Okay. Okay, so the first thing Douglas points out is that the suicide note reads like the last page of a letter. Like, it doesn't read like a suicide note. He thinks, yes, the man wrote it, the uncle wrote it, but I don't think he wrote a suicide note. He feels that it was like a letter written to, to people. The other thing about it is that it looks like it was originally folded twice to be put into an envelope and mailed to someone and that the scorch marks on the back was someone trying to iron out the creases in the paper. Hmm. Obviously, you've done that with paper. I've done oh, that with yeah. paper. We've That's all done that. Common. We've all done that with paper. Like, nothing to be ashamed of. No, exactly. You iron out the crease. It, like, it gets a little brown. Exactly. No, It I've just happens, that. right? Okay, so that's, that's clue one. Okay. So maybe he mailed it to the nephew, niece, whatever, mm -hmm. and, and as a way of saying, I'm not, you're not coming to my place for Christmas, and also, I'm disinheriting you. And then they say, well, screw that. So they go up and kill him mm. as a group. Yeah. And then, I don't know. Fair enough. 
So th- th- I think that's kind of the idea that Tim Dar- Danglish is pushing. The other thing he says, take a look at the wording. The uncle says that this is to be his last Christmas. Why would he change his mind and kill himself on Christmas Eve without having Christmas? And he also points to that he's the last time left to suffer through Gertrude's Gertrude's cooking. Gertrude is presumably the cook, his actual cook. But we've been told by the nephew that the cook was, you know, back at home for Christmas. So what's up with that? Hmm. Strange. Oh, you want my thoughts? I do want your thoughts. You must be thinking something about that. <laughs> no, that is... Yeah. Um, so it's all... I mean, because so everything they've told us is potentially made up. Yeah, right? now exactly. I have to look at everything and go, Liars! Liars! I don't have it well enough memorized to look for flaws in it. No, you're right. I, I don't know what's been told to me and what I was observed in. Oh. That's fair. When I when I was reading this, I read the I read the suicide note, kinda of didn't think anything of it, and then I still I kept reading, I was like, Suicide note's gotta be fake and I went back and reread it. Ah, uh, you cheater. Which you could have asked me to do. Could I have? Yes. I, was, I thought it was cheating. You did not think it was cheating. I don't think you thought of it. I think I'm smarter than you. Impossible. I did not guess the answer though but i did reread the suicide note so i feel like i did one thing okay so the next thing he points out is kind of what you were saying like there's obviously a clue in the fire the fire pit fire grate and so he's pointing out that 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 like little unicorn horn that we can see he's thinking that's a passport it's a passport book that possibly the uncle had just renewed because he was planning to go abroad and the eight hundred dollars or eight hundred pounds could have been digits before, so possibly like four thousand eight hundred pounds. And they're suggesting the wording looks like it was someone putting in an offer on the house. So it looks like he's selling the house, planning to go traveling, and then it ties in with the note that he's, you know, telling his nieces and or niece and nephews, I'm out here, this is the last time I wanna see your ugly faces. Peace. And I'm gonna be with my you know, the person that makes me happy or whatever you wrote. Right. right so then then they're like okay yeah so he says his darling will be waiting for him so they're going okay who could the darling be and then Daglius points out well the maid's room there's no clothing left in the wardrobe and everything else has been thrown out I would hazard a guess that it's her Mavis the maid is the one that's waiting for him somewhere she's gone off ahead of him and that's who he's going to meet up with in some right beautiful place with all his money all his monies so i feel like we're kind of starting to get a better picture and so then but they're the, i think the inspector peck like the the guy who pulled him out of his christmas eve drink by the fire he's like okay this is all great but we need like hard fast evidence and so so daglish i think he points out that the the christmas cracker normally there's a toy in the christmas cracker but it wasn't in the room He's kind of going, I looked through the room and there were a couple of things that I didn't find. Why didn't I find those things? So one of them is the Christmas cracker toy, which they end up finding in the kitchen. So they're going, why would you, like, clearly they, they cracked the cracker in the kitchen and then brought it up to the room to stage it. Right. And then the second thing was there's no matches in the room. So if it, he had committed suicide and burnt these things in the fire pit that was still smoldering, presumably six or seven hours later if he killed himself at nine right then why are there no matches in the room that he could have lit this fire with right i'm kind of skimming through these clues what else am i missing oh and then as as you said like you had to pay attention to that mrs 
Dagworth had said she could hear the cracker go and him call out to her from behind the door. But clearly she was lying and it was to establish an alibi for the family. So you were right in that, like, definitely she's she's involved somehow. But was she hired? No. She was that guy's wife. Pretending to be a cook. And he's he's pointing out how she knew this is because apparently this is her first time ever being in the house, yet she knew where the tea and biscuits are in the kitchen without being asked. And if she had arrived... Oh, I guess I never said this. You didn't know this. Sorry, Cameron. Sorry, everyone at home, too. I You know, sometimes I miss facts. Apparently, they had all arrived the night before, yet her bags were unpacked. Weren't, weren't unpacked. Her suitcase was... Right. We, we discussed that. Yeah. Sitting sitting on, untouched in her room. Right. So she was involved with it as well. And so she was there just to give the alibi, this, like, fake cook. I see. And so when they kind of present this story of what they think happened... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm remembering more clues. See, okay, this is what happens when I don't write things down, but... It's cool. Uh, the other thing he points out, Daglish points out, is why would this guy, knowing he's going to kill himself the next morning, add a liberal amount of hair regrowth serum to his hair? That's what he does every night. So that's what the inspector points out. And Daglish, and you're right, it's not evidence. But it also, why would a man of that, like this, this old, still be trying to like regrow his hair if he's, what if he's doing it for this young maid? Right. So he's, he's saying you're right. It's not evidence. And the other thing is that the the Christmas pudding, if you had actually grabbed Christmas pudding, it would have been under your nails and everything. But why was it just in the, like, smeared right. up on the palm of his hand? I was trying to imagine logistics of that. Were you? Well, it's, it's sure. oh, You should have been thinking out loud. Too bad. You would have been right. Wasn't he stuck his face in the cake, maybe? Uh, or the pudding, sorry. And then, but then why was it in his hand? Maybe he puts his hand on it and then stuffs his face in it and then sticks his nails in the... Yeah. I don't know. It would be difficult to do. Yeah, so they're just... It was just... Someone was trying to make it look like he grabbed a hunk of this Christmas pudding, shoved it in his mouth, and it had leftovers in his hand. But they're saying if you went to grab Christmas pudding, it would be all under your nails. But all that was under the nails was that the hair serum. Right. From applying it to his hair. And then you're right about the rigor mortis stuff. I'm not going to go into it because... I don't know. Maybe, you may, Who really knows about that kind of thing? They are able to show that, you know, the... Dude had been dead for a while. For I argued because the house was cold, therefore it would have lasted longer. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, they go down and kind of confront Mrs. Dagworth and are basically like, we don't think you're a cook at all, and be for this and this and this reason. And I think the sister Gertrude like gets all mad and says, you're good for nothing. Like, uh, you, I wish you had never married into this family or something. And then they all get arrested. Yep. And start, uh, they're all like blaming each other and clearly bad family the moral was is that you know they're they got a letter from the uncle saying taking all the money and leaving with this girl and the family was like now nah, we want the money yeah well they killed them the lesson is don't give them a letter first yeah give it to them after 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 you've already left after. yeah if you learn anything from this if you want to leave your family and take all your money don't tell them that's simple there you go and if you want to kill the uncle and take his money what do you do I don't know, don't flag down a police officer when you're going to telephone. Well, the police are going to get there anyway. Yeah, but this was the London police. If you had just gotten the I see, police I see. officer, I think it would have been okay. Get the small town police. Yeah, get the small town police. Right. How to get away with murder. Get the small town police. Yeah. You're welcome, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> <sighs>
Cam, you got anything else to say? No, that's everything. Well, everyone, have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Uh, you know, I do this every week. I've got a backlog of episodes, 30 or so. Uh, you can search for Tuesday Night Mystery Club anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in seeing book picture content and get updates on podcasts, future podcasts, you can follow me on Instagram at Tuesday Night Mystery Club. If you love the show, you should leave a review telling me your thoughts and give me five stars, you know? If you write a good review, you know what? If you write any review, I'll read it on here if it's five stars. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank... Oh, I have a Patreon, so if you'd like to support the show further, if you like listening and you want to um, help out, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tuesday Night Mystery Club. And thank you to my current patrons who are Barb McLean, Michael Borello, Debbie Kravis, Emily Shilton, and Emma Z. So anything else, Cam? I don't think so. All right. Ciao, baby. Goodbye. Farewell. Good night. <laughs>